0: Good morning, would you please stand and sing with us? Faith. thank you for this day, and we thank you for this opportunity that we are here together and gathered in this place to worship you. Lord, we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn and greet one another. Good morning. I'm Erin
1: Knight. I'm the Director of Children and Family Ministries here. Joe is actually at his home church this
0: morning preaching, so Dennis Lee will be leading worship for us here today. Um, First of all, thank you for being here. We're really glad you're here. We know some bad weather's coming tomorrow, and we're going to be praying for those affected by it um, and coming this morning for some. Um, Visitor and prayer cards are available if you will raise your hand if you have a prayer request or if you're a visitor and um, want to give us your information.
1: we pray for their well-being motivate us to respond to their needs with compassion and with generosity we also pray for those who are threatened now and in the hours and days ahead keep them safe from harm Grant your mercy and relief to them all. Lord, help us to look to you in both good times and bad, for only you are God. Renew us in this hour. Give us strength and courage to live as your people in the week ahead. We make our prayer in the name of Christ who taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The sermon text for today is from the Old Testament book of Second Kings. It's in chapter 7, verses 3-3. Through 16a, um, before reading that text that's on the screen, let me describe what's been happening before we get to this point in our scripture. A war was going on. The Arameans had attacked the Israelites. And had laid siege to the city of Samaria. The king of Israel and many of the people were trapped inside the city walls there of Samaria. As a result of the siege, the people in the city were suffering from a severe famine. God's prophet, Elisha, who was also trapped there in the city, said that God would save them, that God would deliver the Israelites. But no one believed him. So that's where the story picks up at verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say, we'll go into the city, the famine is there, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys, they left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, We went into the Aramean camp and no one was there, not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys, and the tents left just as they were. The gatekeepers shouted the news, and it was reported within the palace. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I will tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving. So they have left the camp to hide in the countryside, thinking they will surely come out and then we will take them alive and get into the city. One of his officers answered, Have some men take five of the horses that are left in the city. Their plight will be like that of all the Israelites left here. Yes, they will only be like all these Israelites who are doomed. So let us send them to find out what happened. So they selected two chariots with their horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army. He commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. They followed them as far as the Jordan and they found the whole road strewn with the clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king and then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Thanks be to God. In the first half of the 20th century, there was a well-known and well-respected radio news commentator. His name was H.V. Kaltenborn. It is said that each time Kaltenborn came on the air he greeted the nation with the following announcement. Good evening, everyone. There's good news tonight. And from there, Captain Warren would go on to assure the American people that there really was something good to report, something good going on in the world, something good to hold on to. If a reporter had been in that city of Samaria when the Israelites were surrounded by the Arabians would he or she have reported good news? Uh, No. The folks inside were starving. Those four lepers outside the gate of Samaria were also starving. So they began to consider their options. One, they figured they would die if they entered the city and joined everybody else who was in there. Two, they knew they would die if they stayed right where they were and did nothing. But then, three, they decided to go to the camp of the Arameans and to surrender. And perhaps the Arameans would let them live. If not, being killed would be no worse than dying of starvation. So we read in the scripture that before the lepers arrived at the camp, God had caused the Arameans to hear what they thought was the noise and the clatter of chariots. They thought that allies of the Israelites were coming. It reminds me a little bit of the cowboy movies from the 1950s. When the good guys were outnumbered by the bad guys and were in danger of being overrun, the bad guys would hear the sound of a, bu- of a bugle and the hooves of many horses and they would flee because they knew the cavalry was coming to the rescue. Uh, I grew up on a lot of westerns. Okay? Um, when the Arameans thought that they heard an army coming, they fled like that, leaving everything behind. So the lepers entered the camp and saw what had happened And the first thing they did was to eat and drink until they were satisfied. Then they started taking silver and gold and anything of value and hiding it. But at some point, they said to each other, Hey, we've got great news. And we're keeping it to ourselves. It's not right. We need to go and report it to the king and to the people. So they did. And thus, the people in Samaria were saved. Instead of death, there was life. It was wonderful news. The words of the prophet Elisha had come true. God did save them. God did deliver the people. There's always good news, but sometimes it's not obvious, is it? I often find it easier to get depressed by reading the newspaper or, or watching the news on TV. That's because so much of the news that's reported is negative. And I have to remind myself that those reports are only part of the story. The world is not all bad news. Much of it is good. And although there are plenty of examples of sin in the world, goodness is always happening. And for every disaster caused by nature or by humans, there is a greater number of examples of good news in our world. Sometimes we have to look for it, but it's there And sometimes we have to work for that good news. But securing it is possible. The words that that radio commentator, H.V. Caltonborn, started his broadcast with is the same message we Christians believe we need to spread. We believe there is good news today. What is that good news? What is it about being a Christian that's good news to you? How would you describe it for yourself? To me, it's good news that the Creator of the world loves unconditionally every one of us. It's unbelievable. I have known guilt and shame before and it's good news that God forgives us and wants to remove that guilt and shame. It's good news that God wants us to have abundant life both now and in the life to come. It's good news that we can know what God is like because by reading the Gospels we know what Jesus was like. For we believe that he was God in the flesh. And you may recall that the word gospel means good news. The first four books of the New Testament are the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we have the good news according to Matthew. And the good news according to Mark. And the good news according to Luke. And the good news according to John. There were many people that we read about in the New Testament who found life in Christ to be good news. For example, there was Matthew, a hated tax collector. He experienced a radically different life. Unlike others who despised Matthew, Jesus accepted Matthew. And Matthew responded... By becoming a disciple. There was good news for Zacchaeus. If you remember that story. He climbed a tree to see Jesus better. And he ended up by. Inviting Jesus to his home. Receiving Jesus' forgiveness. And receiving encouragement from Jesus. There was good news for Mary and Martha. Martha who entertained Jesus in their home, who became good friends of Jesus, Jesus, their teacher, who became their Lord and their Savior. There were good news for the multitudes who heard the Sermon on the Mount because they learned that they were to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So many people experience the good news of knowing Jesus. What does one do when one receives good news? Well, what we learn from this story is the lepers learned that good news is to be shared. The lepers were in that camp taking all the bounty that they could and then they came to their senses and they realized that what had happened was great news and that they couldn't keep it to themselves they should go and tell others and they did. We believe that being a follower of Christ is wonderful news also. It's an experience that's life-giving. The blessings of being a Christian should not be kept to ourselves. The story of what God has done in our lives is worth sharing with other people. If the Bible were being written today, I wonder what example of good news might be included. Perhaps we would read about a young woman who was killed in a car accident. Her Christian parents then donated her organs so that persons who need a kidney and a new heart and a liver might have new life. Or what about this? A couple of days ago when Hurricane Irma was plowing toward the US, a woman in Florida drove 30 miles to buy an emergency generator at a big box store because her dad was on oxygen and needed power. When the person in front of her bought the last uh, generator, this woman Just burst out into tears. But then a complete stranger came over and insisted that she take the one that was already in her in his cart. And with tearful gratitude, she gave him a big hug. And when interviewed later by a reporter, the woman said that that stranger was like an angel from God. Or perhaps we might read about a family that was hiking in the desert southwest and lost their way. And during their couple of days of isolation, they came to realize how precious water is. And after they were rescued, they wanted to do something constructive. So they contributed money through their church to a particular mission project. Their contribution enabled a missionary team to dig a well in a small African village in a region experiencing a severe drought. The residents of the village said the well was a miracle. They called it living water because it gave them life, gave them opportunities. And it's then that the missionaries told them about Christ, the one who is the living water. Like the four lepers in the scriptures. We have been recipients of good news. And so our calling is to share that in as many ways as we can. Amen. We come now to our affirmation of faith. Let me ask you to please stand. May we join together. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy absolves all His words and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, and the ground of our hope and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit, As the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. Please be seated. In gratitude for all that God has done for us, let us now give our tithes and offerings.
2: i Life is worth the living just because He is.
0: Would you please stand and sing this last one with us?
1: other anxious times, and I'm reminded of a benediction in the Old Testament that I think's appropriate. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.